All right, we're here for episode uh, two for the uh, Courtside Indiana podcast. Uh, once again, with Zach Tyler, looking to make this sort of a weekly thing. Zach, how are you doing? I'm I'm doing well. Glad to be back. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, we're. I think we're. We talked a little bit about what we were going to discuss and and um, the Indiana All Stars. We had talked last week. That was going to be part of our first show, and we decided it was too long and skipped it and then brought it we were going to bring it back for this week and then lo and behold the indian all-stars come out today um a little earlier than usual i think um but uh, the indianapolis star published that today and that's today we were going to talk about what who we thought should be on it right locks things like that possibilities and i think we're just going to go ahead and go through that process again um so real quick, we'll go through the guys that made it, and um, I'll list them just real quick, and then we'll get on with the, with the show. So Trey Coleman from Jeffersonville made it, 6'6 uh, forward. Dre Davis from Lawrence Central. John L. Davis from Gary 21st Century. Malik Edwards from Brownsburg. Trey Galloway from Culver Academy. Anthony Leal from, from Bloomington South. Mabor Majak from Hamilton Southeastern, Sixier McMahon from Crispus Attics, Nigel Pack from Lawrence Central, Taysom Parker from Northwestern, Kieran Powell from Evansville Bossy, Charlie Yoder from Westview, and as we knew, as we learned a couple weeks ago, Ryan Osborne is going to be the head coach from Carmel. That's a great thing for me and him, even better for him. And his assistants, Mark Detweiler, who's also a guy that I've known for quite a while, and Nate Hawkins from Heritage Hills, who's his team probably had a really good shot of being, you know, a 3A state championship. That's something we talked about last year. So um, first order, who were some of the locks that you had? I mean, we're both going to discuss this, but let's go down the guys that you had as locks, even the ones that didn't make it. I, I had one that didn't make it. Um, go down your locks and then, and then hit me, hit up uh, who you, who didn't make it if you had one. Okay. Okay. Uh, I had Trey Galloway, Dre Davis, Nigel Pack, Anthony Leal, John L. Davis, uh, Tony Perkins, Sincere I had as well. I had Powell and I also had Trey Coleman. Uh, on my list, I had Charlie Yoder as well. Uh, I, I, a lock I had that didn't make it would have been uh, Andrew Wellage. Okay. Um, I also had written down. I put Deontay Craig on there, just a guy from up north here, that I he really works hard going to Iowa for football, but from Culver Academy. You had him as a you had him as a lock or a possibility. I, I had him as a as a strong possibility. Let's 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 get to that list. Let's get to that list after. Okay. Um, locks for the locks I had because that's that's a whole separate section because that's a good list too because it's it's not as strong as twenty twenty one but there's still when you get to the back end of this roster there's a lot of guys that are sort of similar. Sure. So, um, the locks I had and I'm gonna have to pull it up here so I don't screw it up. I had uh, Kieran Powell from Evansville Bossy, no particular order. I think I did it by position. Uh, DeAndre Davis from Lawrence Central, Trey Coleman from Jeff, Tony Perkins, Lawrence North, Nigel Pack, Lawrence Central, Anthony Leal, Bloomington South, Trey Galloway, Culver Academy, John L. Davis, Gary 21st Century. Those are eight locks that I had that made it. I had a ninth lock, uh, Keegan O'Neill. 
out of Bar Ree. Of course, again, disclosure, his father works for us a little bit, and um, he um, didn't make it. And sometimes you look at locks as geographical. Sometimes you look at locks as positional. I thought he served both. Um, I'm looking at this list. Other than Kieran, I don't see anybody else from southwest Indiana. Um, I know there's nobody from Fort Wayne. Yeah. Uh, although it's I, I, as much as I like Dylan Duff, there really isn't any other senior. There aren't any other seniors up there. No, no. Um, that just stand out, and and that'll change next year. Heck, they could have as many as three next year with Ely first and um, uh, Goody. Right. So, if I I always add the E at the end of that. So, um, so the lock you had that didn't make it was was Andrew Wellage out of Greensburg. Correct. But, um. You know, I teetered. I teetered with that a little bit. Um, there was a. There was a. Sh- the first time I made this list, um, he was on it, on the on the lock stuff. The, then when I got it ready for last week, thinking we were going to get to it, he was off of it. But um, and I know you probably haven't had a chance to see Keegan O'Neill um, a whole lot, other than maybe in the state championship game last year. Um, but but again, it's a it's a class that's kind of devoid of size. I know Malik Edwards um, was a guy that I thought that could make it. Mabor as well. Uh, I guess if you add those two, the positional element gets away, or it becomes less of a deal. Um, but yeah, I thought Keegan just with the career he had, also with this type of success they have at Bar Reeve. Sure, he's been a big part of that figuratively and literally um and you know i don't know what you know there's not a whole lot to say it's there's always going to be guys that should be on that that aren't and we may get to that too um who were some of the guys you had like your next list whether they made it or not let's let's go down that list and and maybe talk about one or two of those guys sure and i had keegan on my next list of of guys that that were borderline for me uh like i said deontay craig was the one on my list uh jordan walters actually from harrison and lafayette i liked him uh yeah. and, and and braxton barnheiser i think was was one on my secondary list as well you you like those three i mean just from this standpoint better than i than i did at least from the again the standpoint of making the all-star team i had um I had Dylan Ware. I had Jake Wadding from your neck of the woods. I had yep. Murray Becker from Heritage Hills. Um, I had Mabor, Majak. I had Malik. And then I had Charlie Yoder and Andrew Wellage. Those were my next lists of um, who I thought should make it. Now, sure. I had a second group. And if you had anybody on this list, I don't remember if I told you about this or not but there were three guys i thought could make it that didn't that wouldn't excuse me that wouldn't um just because of positions and um max gizzy new pal i had some i had sincere mcmahon on this list this is where i had sincere i had him in there's a lot of guards right on this group um you know i even had Becker and, and Charlie Yoder. Again, some of that is positional. 
I'm sorry, some of that's geographic. Um, because that is a that is a consideration they go through. And then I had Kenny Tracy from Decatur Central. Okay. Um, and, and there's a fourth guard that I'm saving for here at the end, but at the end of this All Star discussion. But um, those three guys, all point guards, all guys that had great years. Obviously, sincere made the team. Um, but that's where I had him. Um, did you have um? And I had Josh Smith from Monrovia kind of penciled in. Yeah, me too for Josh. It just you know, he, he's such a he, he's he's a diverse skill set for a kid at six seven. Um, and probably I mean not. It's been a while since they've had this type of talent. I mean the Gores, going back to the late nineties and and early two thousands. Um, but he's probably the most talent. He's probably the most talented kid they've had there. And, since the Standifords and the Gores, and um, of course the one Standifer had a heck of an NFL career. So, um, well, had an outstanding college career, but then was also pretty good in in the NFL. Um, anybody of your strong contenders, anybody you feel really, really strongly about that didn't the ones that didn't make it, like you just think that because I've got one. Um, and I'm even going to name a guy I don't know that should that I don't think should be on it, but I'll stand on that. I'll play that game and <laughs> be on that island maybe. But anybody you you thought should have just made it no matter no matter what. I mean, I'm I'm quite fine with with much of this list. Um, I mean, all these kids are deserving. Don't I mean, all these guys had strong years? But anybody you thought just you think it just kind of burns you up a little bit that they didn't make it? Yeah, I think I think it's Wellage. I he's just been so good for so long now that I, his game is is gotten a lot better 65 he's just a really good player and i thought he should have been on the list yeah i don't i mean he's look dave greensburg's been very good <laughs> they've been outstanding yeah for for quite a while um and they're always usually pretty good going back to and they just they've got a really good tradition there. It's it's not hey, we're gonna win a lot of state championships in the single class era tradition, but they've but they've got two state championships in in three uh, A. They have um uh, am I missing something there? Do they have two or do they just have one? My my brain's falling short. Um Andrew's brother Ryan made the all star team, of course. Those Ryan with Sellers and and Bryant McIntosh, Sean Sellers and Bryant McIntosh had a great run with Greensburg, and Andrew's been a varsity starter for four years. And right, it, it's do you do you focus more on what are your thoughts on career versus senior year type criteria? Uh, well, and that's why I didn't have Josh Smith on my final list was just because of I didn't feel like this year was was a great year for him stat wise. Uh, yeah. and team success. I mean, Monrovia wasn't great this year either, but, but I'm looking overall picture. Hey, oh, I'm you sorry. mean Josh Smith out of Munster, out of Munster? No, Josh Smith you said jo- from Monrovia. From Monrovia. Oh, my, never mind. Go on. I'm, my brain fried. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I was Josh taking Davis. Andrew, uh, Welge's career into account also, not just his senior year here. I mean, if I've got nine locks, 
that gave me four spots to play with. Um, and I went with Ware, uh, Becker, um, Wadding, and Edmonds. Those were my those were my next four guys, and that would have gotten us to thirteen. Um, you know, now I don't. You know, there's no issue with with those guys that made it. I think you know the the one guy though that I thought should definitely have made it was Dylan Ware. And, you know, that's, that's a kid that's at six, seven, can do a lot of things. And now he, he struggles shooting the ball, but they're not nitpicking stuff like shot mechanics and, right. and, you know, they're not nitpicking advanced stats where you're getting your points from and, you know, and how much of that is being converted off of defense and things like that, because he is a terror defensively. Um, at any at any level of high school or at least at any level of high school in the state of Indiana but i mean he is he guards the post for them he plays the top of their 131 they can put him on the other team's best player if they have to in a pinch although he usually doesn't do that in the flow of a game it's more of a late possession type thing um and really with the way the voting played out and we can explain that process here um after this, but the way the voting played out, I put him third in Mr. Basketball voting, just for the type of year he had, um, as much of a reward for his progress. Um, it's not a kid I coached for those that might wonder that. Um, but it is, it is a kid that I've seen really develop and really mature. And, and that to me plays a big role in it and, and team success. Um, I think ultimately the way the Mr. Basketball voting plays out, if you're getting a lot of first and second place votes, you're, you're, you're going to stretch the field. Usually that third place vote is somebody that's kind of a, I don't know, a throw in for most of them to put their guy, you know, maybe somebody they, they think deserves it from their area. Um, that's the way I've always thought about it. Um, and for those that don't know, the Mr. Basket or the All Star voting is concurrent with Mr. Basketball. So what they do is is you get a ballot of probably about a hundred kids. I didn't count them, um, and you vote for ten guys. Now your top three should be in order: one, two, three. And if you get they they get a first place vote for Mr. Basketball if they're number one. They get a second place vote if they're number two, and a third place vote if they're number three. And then the, the guys with the most one, twos, and threes, uh, I'm sure it's weighted. Three probably get, or one probably gets three points. Two gets two, and, and then third gets one point. So if you get the most points, that's who's Mr. Basketball. Um, it, it's as democratic of a process as we have. Um, the all-star team is a little bit less democratic. It still has some subjectivity to it, but it's also – you know, I don't know how much input the coaches have that are going to coach, right? But they are putting together a team. Um, you know, and and I don't know if there was one guy I would take off the team in favor of Dylan. I uh, it would probably be Taysom Parker from Northwestern, and hate to you ever always, always kind of hate to single out 
that, but that's the discussion you have. If you're going to have somebody you feel that strongly about making it, you got to take somebody off. Now, it's, it's not to say he doesn't deserve it. Um, and I have no clue what his back-end support was as far as the, the recommendation process. Uh, he had a very good career at Northwestern. Um, I've probably been a little slow on his bandwagon. Um, you know, but that's a kid that I saw right away early coming into his freshman year. Uh, he was homeschooled up through eighth grade or, or definitely was not in public school in the Kokomo area. And he, he moved in from out of town and then he ended up at Northwestern. And where he had, like I said, you know, he had a great career. He's just the one kid that I've always thought that even at his position, even the Gizzies, the, the Tracys, you know, and, and a couple of others, one I'll name here later, um, that I've just always felt were better than him talent-wise. And, and, and some of that's played out in recruiting. Not that that's an end-all, be-all. Um, but that's – I just think that they've had guys that have done more you know, and, and even in this case, at the at the 4A level, you know, playing, you know, guys at New Pal, playing, you know, difficult schedules, Christmas Addicts, Decatur Central, those guys are all playing much tougher competition on a game-in, game-out right. basis. Right, agreed. Um, did you have a guy, I mean, I don't, are you fine with the list the way it is? Was there somebody that, I mean, you had Charlie Yoder as a, as you a, know, as a in, lock. I didn't, I didn't have him as a lock, but that would you know, be that was a kid that and that would be a kid also that I have I have a circle around his name um and to me that was thinking about some of the things you just mentioned uh who are you playing against uh I I've been told by a couple of coaches I've talked to recruiting wise that you're you're as good as your offers you know um Charlie doesn't have any yeah. D1 offers so um he he would have been him and Taysom were maybe even Maber for me were three of the guys that I could have seen taken off and putting Andrew on. Yeah. Uh, Malik, he had a, a amazing year in conference for, for Brownsburg. So he was, he was staying for me, but yeah, Charlie was a tough one for me just because of, just because of that, the strength of schedule we were discussing and, and then the offers it, who were, who was after you, who was recruiting you? like you mentioned yeah, and, that, and that's and that's tough i the all-star team isn't beholden to that um you know like majak it's at hsc that's a kid when he was younger i, I mean I, and I still do i love his feet defensively he's extremely good um and offensively you know when you're seven two and you're thin and your core is what it is and and you know, a kid with his his body type has a hard time keeping weight on. He gets pushed around on the offensive end quite a bit. Right. And, you know, it's – I know the, the first Carmel game when they beat him, they, they were really good with him off, of, off the floor. Off, and he had a lot of foul trouble that game. Um, and that is not to say they're better without him. That People tend to mistake that comment for the other. Um, but offensively, they, they've spent so much time trying to get him the ball. 
and in certain situations, it made sense. Against the better teams in their schedule, I'm not entirely sure that it made sense. It, you know, and I, I know that um, you know, it, it's it, him making the team isn't really. I mean, that that makes sense. I mean, defensively, he's a game changer. Sure, and he's he he can, especially at this level, he can do a lot of different things in the pick and roll game defensively. He can hard hedge and get back. He can trap if you need him to be if you need him to do it. Um, he's got a really good motor, especially you know anything that involves movement. He has a great motor. You know sometimes he can get beat to a ball on a rebound. Um, sometimes he can get muscled under a little bit, and he'll get a foul just because you know he might try to go over somebody's back. But it, but it's never a lack of effort. It's never a lack of motor. Um, we talk about but again, if, high school careers. Is he somebody you saw got better over his career in high school? I mean, I know he was he was talked about as one of the top one or two of this class at one point, wasn't he? Yeah, I've I've certainly thought so. And I, I again, I saw him play early, and I loved his feet. And I of all the kids that have come over here from Africa through a Hope program, um, he's of that tall, angular like. Of, not all of them are in Indiana schools, so I've just seen a lot more of them this summer than maybe what somebody would see during a school year. He's the guy that had the best footwork, and not just in terms of quickness, but also in terms of just, just skill. His his feet were tremendous, and I thought that was going to be a difference maker for him. And offensively, a lot of it is body type. A lot of it is just he has such a high center of gravity; he can get pushed around. He contact impacts him. And it's still – he's at an age where it's going it, to – that's not a, that, that big of a deal. Um, you know, but offensively, he's gotten – I'm sure he's gotten better. I'm not entirely sure how it's translated to, to actual games. And I don't know how it translates in college just yet. Um, but, but here's the thing I know is, you know, and I'm repeating myself with this one. Defensively, he's going to go to rights. He's going to go to Youngstown or Cleveland State. Gosh, get it out of my my mouth there. He's going to go to Cleveland State and be impactful on defense right, right. away. Sure. Um, whether or not he can stay on the floor with foul trouble, um, you know. But again, because some of that will be, you know, he gets slammed into and his body collapses, and all of a sudden he doesn't have verticality. I don't mean collapse like on the ground. I mean like he. He takes contact and it causes his body to kind of double up a little bit. Right, right. And all of a sudden he loses verticality. You know that's going to be the foul. T- that's going to be the type of foul trouble he gets. Um, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see if his feet translate Division One level, because I've always considered it to be an asset. Um, offensively, as much as I've seen him work out, I'm not seeing him work out a ton, but I've seen him work out enough in a couple of different venues where. Yeah, he's gotten better. But then you watch him in games, and it doesn't translate to a guy who can carry a team offensively. I don't think at any point, at any game, did he carry them offensively this year. Um, Certainly not the better teams in their schedule. So, and I didn't know that he would make it because, well, first I had Powell and O'Neal as definites. Right. And then I I had Malik Edmonds ahead of him. Um. And then depending on what you think of a guy like Wadding, if you think he's a big man, depending on 
you know, you know, Dylan Ware six seven. Do you, you know, sometimes they get a little static and and okay, well, he's big. Well, I mean, they don't put positions on the All Star team, but yeah, they they do kind of. But it's just forward, guard, center. But you know, you you start to think, okay, there's enough size here. You know, maybe they're not going to put Mabor on the team. No problem with him making it though. I mean, he is definitely. A, he's definitely going to help them win games and right and there's still three or four kids not on this list that could help them win games um yeah parker was the one that i thought you know that was a stretch in my mind um but that's just because i think there's point guards in that class who i like better right right and I, i'm not even i'm not even sure i've gotten to that the end of that list well, there's one more still I, i'm not sure that i've gotten to the end of that list even after we get done with this podcast um, was there one guy that you kind of knew wouldn't make it that you just wanted to see on there? I mean, I know we've already talked about the questions of the topics we're going to talk about, but was there one guy that you wanted on there that, that didn't make it, that you didn't think would make it? Yeah, I, and he's I mentioned him earlier a little bit. Uh, Deontay Craig from Culver Academy. Okay. Uh, yep. Just his attitude. He – his leadership, just a great, great kid, great player, played with Trey Galloway. I just feel like he'd been a good, he's a good glue guy for, for a team like this, I feel like. I've liked him because he's produced without ever really being a guy they have to go to. Right. You know, and, and I didn't have him on this list, um, but I get it. You know, and, and the guy that I'm going to name is Noah Jagger from Bloomington South. Again, another point guard. Um, th- that's a guy that, I mean, I don't know what more a kid can do, you know, to prove that he's a winner. And again, he probably wasn't going to make it just because of Leal making it. He probably wasn't going to make it because there's a lot of guards. Um, you know, but any team I would coach, he wouldn't be too far down the point guard list. Right. I mean, I could, you know, definitely pack or, you know, maybe going after John L. Davis. And, you know, and if you got that guy and you bring in Noah, you know, you've got Noah Jagger with you. Um, you know, it's going to be a pretty darn good. That's going to be a pretty darn good choice. He's, he's a he's a leader on the floor. He's going to the military. He's going to West Point to play basketball. So it's a Division One player, but it's also, you know, you look at – being an appointee to one of the service academies, you got to imagine what that means academically. You got to imagine what that means character-wise in, in terms of recommendations from his teachers. And a lot of that stuff doesn't matter when it comes to the all-star team, but it does matter when it comes to picking a team and winning games. Right. Exactly. And you know, Noah, Noah would definitely be on my list, um, but I, I didn't think he had a shot. Um, you know, but um, he did get a vote. <laughs> Oh, did he? Tell you that. I was gonna say it'd be interesting to see <laughs> yes, he, who, who got yes, some he, votes. He was in, he was in my top ten, <laughs> as far as uh, as far as that process goes. Um, I, I'd be curious how much weight they put on that, and and they do say that numbers four through ten carry no value, other than just they're on the list. Right. You know, they, there's no definite. They're not taking the next three or four guys, or or however. They, and maybe they do, and I just I've not been privy to that information, but. Um, you know, no question that um, he got a vote. 
and then like I said, and, and maybe we should touch on this. Um, I mean, they already know who Mr. Basketball is. That's I mean, that's a done deal. Not not that they wouldn't have known. The the ballots were due last Tuesday. You know, it's an online process. I don't know if anybody mailed them in that they had to do that. They had to count votes on the side, but there was no question by Wednesday evening they should have been able to process enough of the votes to know who was going to win Mr. Basketball. Um, you know, the Indianapolis Star wants to do do it their way. I don't know if they're going to be able to do a photo shoot or not. You know, I don't know how that will work for them. Oh, right. Um, they may end up mailing a jersey. I, my first so – so the one, two, and three – my first vote was Tony Perkins. I think we touched on that last week. Um, my second vote was Anthony Leal. And then my third vote was Dylan Ware. Those are my three guys for Mr. Basketball. And again, that third one was probably more of a, of a, um, just voting for, you know, giving somebody credit for the, the type of career that he had, the type of improvement that he's made. Um, I don't know that Dylan's got a chance. Well, he didn't make the all-star team. So I was going to say, I don't know how many other votes he would have gotten like that. But what, tell us, who, what would your, who would your vote be for Mr. Basketball? Uh, I'm with you with Tony Perkins. I like him a lot. Um, I, I think Leal would, will be on that list, or if, if he doesn't, if he not win it, uh, just because of the, the Bloomington factor, going to IU. Um, and then I, I, I like Trey Galloway. A lot. Yeah. I mean, just to see him around here get better after the four years, what he's done for that team at Culver, and just showing he's such a leader. The um, I think Leo will win it. Um, I, Bloomington South is undefeated this year. They were poised to win a state championship. They, he had a great individual year, and and a great individual year on a team that can be balanced. I mean, Hick, Connor Hickman's as a junior already has Division One offers. We talked about Jagger a little bit. They've got the Bombas, uh, James, the, the starting center, and Joey, who's another junior wing, who's going to be good. Um, you'll hear a lot more from him next year. Um, I mean, Anthony had a really good individual year. I, I do think he'll win it. There always is this debate that rages whenever this stuff comes out that it's a Marion County award or the, or the Indianapolis Star is biased. And, and, it, it, and it's always by people who just never quite seem to either remember what the process is or understand what the process is or they just don't get it. It's, it's Mr. Basketball is – Strictly a vote. Have there been times in the past where maybe it was tight and they just gave it to two people? I, you know, okay, maybe. Um, but you know, what, what year was it? it? Was two thousand four or three when AJ Ratliff won it? AJ Ratliff, AJ Graves, and uh, Courtney Lee. It was the closest ballot ever. And it was decided by first one by one vote, and then second or a third was two votes behind that. Wow. Behind second. So four votes 
decided first through third. And, you know, knowing that, that's, it's just an, it's just a very objective democratic process. Um, my vote went to Perkins, but I, I do think Lee will win it. Some of it is, is very much political too, in terms of how votes go. Um, you know, do, you know, there's a chance that, that the IU vote could be split between Galloway and Leal. Sure. You know, and then maybe Perkins slips in there. Um, you know, there's, it, it's considerations like that. There's times where a Marion County guy or an Indianapolis area guy won't win it because they split the vote. Um, but it, again, it's a completely unknown, you know, I, I don't know who, no, we don't know who, how other people vote. Just we get our ballot. We fit. We you know we fill it in. We submit it, and no different than any other voting process. Um, so that'll that'll probably come out in a couple of weeks. It'll be interesting to see how long they hold that out with the schedule that we've got, which is no schedule. So, any other thoughts on All Star Team or Mr. Basketball before we move on? I don't think so. The um, any we didn't talk about this before. Any revisiting the junior all stars from last week? Uh, still feeling good about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm st- I'm still feeling good about that. Like, still gotta try to get get to see those guys I wanted to see. Also, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, that I mean that'll be the thing. You know, the will they play these games? You know, tonight was supposed to be the championship game for the NCAA tournament. You know, and and you know that the Masters is canceled, or not canceled, but postponed. First they canceled it, then they announced they would do it in November. So if you haven't caught wind of that, they're going to play the the Masters in November. Um, you know, will they will they play these games? Will be the next will be the next issue. Will they? have time to practice will any of that stuff be right. available um you know they're selling tickets for the all-star game I'm, i mean obviously they're going to refund them if they don't have the game but you know we've got the list and we have the game information and maybe we should talk about that and we have ticket prices all published on our web on on the website, a, a media release from the IBCA, the uh, Indiana Basketball Coaches Association. They're in charge of this stuff. Um, the Junior All-Star game, the first one is Monday, June 1st. That's the Junior All-Stars versus the Kentucky Junior All-Stars at Floyd Central High School. Wednesday, June 3rd is the Junior Senior All-Star game just for Indiana, girls and boys, at a location to be announced. And then Friday, June 5th, is Indiana at Kentucky, the senior all-star game um, at Great Crossing High School in Georgetown, Kentucky. And then Saturday, June 6th, is Indiana versus Kentucky, the senior all-star game at Southport Fieldhouse. Um, most of those games were all pretty much 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, early evening type games. Um Tickets, of course, are on sale through Ticketmaster. And, um, 
you know, if you want to see, if you want to read that information, you can come to our website, courtsideindiana.com, and it's right there on the homepage. Or you can check out the ibcacoaches.com website. Again, that's ibcacoaches.com for that information as well. Um, yeah, I don't know when, you know, neither one of us have any insight on <laughs> what that process will look like if whether they play or not, but that's obviously the next question. So it seems like it's coming up quick too. It is. um, One more thing for these guys to have taken away from their lives. Right. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people that are suffering in different ways and way more serious ways. But, you know, when you're an 18 year old kid, short of losing a loved one or short of anything like a family member getting married, like an older, older sibling or, you know, maybe your parents <laughs> remarrying. I don't know. You know, you, you don't get a whole lot better than playing for the all-star team. Um, short of winning a state championship, you don't you really don't get to have a better basketball experience than, than playing for the Indiana all-star team. And, and um, you know, that's just one more thing for these guys to lose. Um, you know, luckily these guys are all poised to have pretty good college careers. So, We'll see. Um, we'll see where that goes for them. Hopefully, they get a chance to play it. Um, definitely, definitely. All right. One last topic before we go tonight. We're all locked in. We're all yes. pretty much. We're not sheltering in place. I mean, I know that's what it. I mean, I'm. What, what are you doing now besides work? Okay, so besides you, besides some e-learning stuff, you're, teaching. You're you're all e-learning. I'm doing some web design. Um, although most of my work is event driven on the, uh, on the website, so I'm not getting paid right now. Um, none of it's basketball for me. I don't, the only basketball thing I do is the fall league. So this is all like legit work. People always wonder what I do for a living and (laughs) not basketball. Um, but, um, what are you doing besides the e-learning? Uh, besides e-learning, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm helping deliver breakfast and lunches for for our our school system, so I do that nice. do that some mornings during the week. Uh, catching up on some some shows on Netflix. Uh, I've watched Ozark, finished that up already. Tiger King, just to mention a couple there. Uh, Ozark's a favorite. Yep, yep, love that one. Uh, started watching some HBO stuff now as well. Uh, but then playing with the kids. Try to get outside as much as we can. Taking walks, bike rides, that kind of thing, just to just to stay active. It's yeah. it, it's been tough. You get a little colder weather than we do down here, though, and, and we're not going to get too deep into this dive. But but yeah, I've not had a chance yet to do much riding. I've, I've done some walking neighborhood. We live by live by the Monon Trail here, which in some places is closed. Other places, it's not. Um, the places where you can congregate have been shut down. Um, although the restaurants and the sidewalks are still open in that same area. So I'm not really sure what that did other than <laughs> just section off, section off an area. Sure. And it, here it's a misdemeanor. I, I think all over the state, it's a misdemeanor if you're picked up for non-essential travel or, or dangerously congregating, you know, around other people. Um, but that's, you know, that's, not something I plan on getting arrested for, but yeah, I'm kind of doing the same stuff. I'm not, um, 
when you say delivering food, you're delivering like food to families that are on a meal program. Uh, yeah, our our school system basically. Uh, if if you're in our school system and you want a new meal, you will deliver it to you, or to a, wow. a stop cool. a stop close to your house, right? Yep. So we drop off breakfast and lunch for for whoever wants it in the mornings for them. And that's kids or just anybody. Yep, just kids. Any kid in the household. Okay. Nice. And that's so that from that standpoint, you're volunteering, right? Sure. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, that's that's no, that's neat. That's um. And that's good. It's. You know, Carmel doesn't lack those families either that that go through meal plans and have kids who. You know, the only two meals a day they get her at school. Sure. You know, breakfast and lunch. Right, um, right. Not as, not as much of that here as there are in other places, but but there's still enough um, that it's been addressed publicly you know, within our community. Um, but, yeah, I'm doing the streaming thing. I'm doing the walking around in my neighborhood thing. Um, I've got a, a grandmother still living and a, and a mother that's – that's in her seventies. So, um, I do some grocery runs and fall on the sword for that. Although my mom still goes to grocery, but, but, um, trying the best I can to, to keep some of the local restaurants in, <laughs> in business. Yes. Us too. Uh, with, with carry out, but, um, we're having some Facebook fun with that. So with a, a group of us regulars at a certain restaurant, uh, here nearby, but, um, no, other than that, it's been a lot of streaming with the girlfriend and and um, going back and forth between her place and here and, and just trying to get her caught up on some of the stuff that I've watched and trying to get me caught up on some of the things she's watched. Ozark is definitely on that list. Um, I've watched way too much Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, boy. And, and bad broadcast network <laughs> TV cop shows. Um, but she's a prosecutor, so that's her bread and butter. She loves that stuff and the serious, the, the serious and not so serious. She loves all of it. So, um, we don't get a chance to watch a crime show where she's not breaking something down. Sort of like me watching a basketball game, I think. So, there you go. so she, she tolerates basketball better than most. And so I've got to tolerate that a little bit, but it's, it's been okay. It's been interesting. I'm looking forward to being able to get back out and doing things and, and every about every three days, one of my AAU families emails or texts and says, "You know, what do you think? When do we? What are we going to get going?" And I'm just like, "I don't know. I'll we'll tell you." So we'll keep pumping out podcasts. Yeah. Um, anything else you got tonight, or are we we wrapping it up? Um, I think we kind of talked about the the harms transfer portal thing, didn't we? Oh, there you go. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's going to be maybe our wheelhouse going forward. No. but That's a pretty big deal today. Yeah. What, what did you hear anything? I mean, neither one of us are in a position to get a lot of inside dope from from Purdue. At least I'm not. No. Maybe you are. I no, don't not really. No. There was some side reporting on that 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 it took the coaching staff by complete surprise. Um, and I, I was completely blown away by it, but I know he didn't start. He only started 15 games this year. And um, they went with the younger kid, Williams, and I, 
I thought he was really good, but I also thought Harms was good. Um, he's going to be one of the most sought after transfers sure. in the country. Just yeah. No, go back to the Mabor. Go back to the Mabor conversation where he is such a difference maker defensively that he he can change a part of the game. And offensively, he probably hasn't developed uh, like we thought. Maybe he would. I've really I've always liked him though. So I'll be real curious to see where he ends up. And you know, I don't know if if it. Indiana or a Butler or somebody like that will try and get involved with him or not. I don't know what his disposition is um, toward those schools or what his disposition is towards a part of the country, if that matters or not. Yeah, I saw ESPN. Uh, ESPN guy came out with a list of or Harms has a list of twenty five plus schools that he's interested in. I guess. I thought I thought it said those are the ones that had contacted. Oh, those are the ones that contacted him. Okay. I don't know to reach out to him. And Indiana yeah. and Butler were not on that list. Correct. Notre Dame was not on that list. Right. There were no state schools. I mean, those would be the only three probably that he would consider. I don't think he's – I think he's still going to be in a, a power six league from a basketball perspective. Right. Um, yeah, but that's – I thought that's how it was framed. I, I could be wrong on that. No, but, I think you're probably right. Um, but he um, – yeah, two blocks a game. And um, he'll he'll be a guy that that gets a lot of interest. So saw Iona on there. Um, Rick Pitino was after him. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> I'm not a big I'm not a big Rick Pitino guy. So anybody that's read my Twitter account through all his escapades through the last few years has known that yeah I'm not really sure how that guy still gets to coach in college basketball, but. But it's like Dan Dockage says, you can you're always gonna get rehired unless you lose unless you lose unless you get fired for losing. Right. It's the only way you don't get rehired. Yep. <laughs> so he's you know, he's not wrong. He's not wrong on that. And a situation like Patino is is um is proof of that. So uh, I mean it goes beyond being a coach that violates rules. And um I'm sure we'll take some heat about how he supposedly didn't know this and didn't know that, but but um, I just find it hard to believe that that much went on without him knowing about it. That's, but that's tough. That's a different that's a different soapbox for a different venue. So. <laughs> yes. Well, unless you unless you've got anything else, Zach, I think we'll wrap it up this week. I think I'm, um, I think I'm all set. I think we're going to shoot again for next Monday night. Me and you doing a podcast and getting it published the following day. I'm going to probably try and do one again this week on the recruiting process uh, that is going to be missing. Um, you know, you can let me know off the air if you want to be part of that. Um, you know, if you've got any, any different uh, ideas on that, but that's, I'm going to try and do that Thursday night, publish it on Friday. And then, but then next Monday night, we'll do our thing again. We'll have to figure out something good to talk about and then we'll publish it uh, again next Tuesday. And I think we're going to try and do something every Monday night for the rest of the spring. It may not have to be you every week, but it, I want it to be. Um, and then we'll have some more voices as we go on and maybe start adding some extra production value as I learn how to do this stuff a little bit better. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Episode two is in the books. Um, Zach, I appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, a little less than a little less than 98 minutes this week, a little bit half of that. So 
we'll uh, we'll try and get everything a little tighter going forward. But uh, on behalf of Zach Tyler, I'm Jim Reamer. I appreciate you listening to the Courtside Indiana podcast. Thank you.